Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. It's so great to have you along with us as we take a moment to take a look at the book. We're going to be looking at several passages of Scripture because we're not in a book study right now, but a subject study. What I hold in my hand is a series, a five-part audio series on CD entitled Angels and Prophecy. Do you know that the most used word in the book of Revelation is angels? You need to understand angels, how they were created, what their responsibility is today, how they will play into a Jewish person's life, a Christian person's life, and what about angels in the future? Well, that's what I cover in this five-part audio series on CD entitled Angels and Prophecy. We're going to take a moment and listen to Angels and the Jews, or at least a portion of it, and when we come back, I'll tell you how you can get your copy of Angels and Prophecy. But right now, let's listen and study how angels have an involvement in the last days with the Jewish people. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but the Agagite from which Haman comes has an interesting background. Do you remember, you know how you became an Agagite? You came from King Agag. Remember where he is? Keep your finger here in Esther. Uh, pull out all the fingers from every place else now and start instituting a new program. Go back to 1 Samuel chapter 15. Remember the story? You see, I'm sorry to spend so much looking all through the Bible. I mean, you get a Bible quiz. You'll know the Bible better this week. Not because I taught, but because you just tried to find your place. But uh, you've got to go in and see these things. Look here. 1 Samuel chapter 15, Saul is given a directive by God to go in and take out, look at verse 3, now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not, but slay both men and women, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass, and Saul gathered the people together and numbered them, and he says, let's go, they had a pretty good crowd. They had uh, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men of Judah. So that's 210,000 people to go take care of the Amalekites. Verse 5, and Saul came to the city of Amalek, and he goes in. And instead of doing everything that he was told to do, he doesn't kill everybody. Look at verse 7, and Saul smote the Amalekites until thou comest to Shur, that is over against Egypt, and he took Agag, the the king of the Amalekites alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword, but Saul and the people spared Agag. And you know then the story, the bleeding of the sheep and everything, there's something wrong, you didn't do everything I told you to do. Now, here Haman is a descendant of Agag. Haman the Agagite, a descendant of Agag, the king, who was an Amalekite. Look back in, in Exodus Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17. That's going backwards towards Genesis. <laughs> Exodus 17. And here in Exodus 17, we see that uh, there is a continuing battle with these people called the Amalekites. Verse 8. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel. And it goes ahead to give the narrative. Look down here what it says in verse uh, 16. For he said, 
because the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Amalek. So now we've traced from Haman, where a demon comes down to Haman to try to destroy the Jew. In fact, the law of the Medes and the Persians was written by Ahasuerus that said every Jew had to be destroyed. One of the studies we do on the, the, the feast, not a, a, the original seven feast, but we do a study on Purim. And uh, in that study, we talk about Purim, which celebrated because that same king made another law of the Medes and Persians that the Jews could protect themselves. But before that was instituted, almost all the Jews were going to be destroyed by Haman, who was an Agagite, who was a descendant of Hagag, the king, who wasn't destroyed by Saul when he, God told him to destroy him through Samuel. And he was a Malachite. And we go back and in Exodus chapter uh, 17, the Lord says, you're going to fight these Amalekites through all generations. Now, let me take one more place back. Go to Genesis chapter 36. I want to show you who Amalekite, Amalek comes from, the Amalekites. Genesis chapter 36. Genesis chapter 36 is going to be another genealogy. Verse 1. Now, these are the generations of Esau, who is Edom. You know Esau. Esau, twin brother of Jacob. Esau, who is Edom. And you can read down there as well as I can, but look over here in verse 12. And Timnah was a concubine to Eliphaz, Esau's son, and she bare Eliphaz Amalek, a grandson of Esau. You see it unfolding? Here you got Esau, Amalek, Agag, Haman. Oh, by the way, you can go the other way too. And from Haman, you know who it goes to next? Herod the Great. Who did what? I believe influenced by satanic, demonic control. Say, kill every. Jewish baby under two years of age. I'll get rid of that supposed king of the Jews if I have to kill them all. Well, by the way, from Herod the Great, an Idumean who came out of Petra, who moved into southern Judah 500 years before the birth of Jesus Christ because the Nabataeans ran them out of Petra, almost killed them all. They became the Idumeans. In 70 A.D., these Idumeans, Herod the Great's descendants, stood with the Jewish people when the Roman soldiers came off the Mount of Olives across the Kidron Valley to the Temple Mount, destroyed the Temple, devastated the city, and dispersed the Jews to the four corners of the earth. And he dispersed these Idumeans to the Balkans, to a place called Bosnia. And when the Hajj Elman Husseini, if you don't believe this, go to the Holocaust Museum in Jerusalem. You can see a picture of him inspecting the Bosnian elite commando fighting force that Hitler used at the cutting edge of his blitzkrieg throughout all of Europe in the Second World War. And Hitler told Hajj Elman Husseini, Hajjaman al-Husseini, take your people. 
out of Bosnia and go to Israel and fight them in the War of Independence, 1948. By the way, the Hajj Amman al-Husseini had a nephew. His name is Yasser Arafat. And I submit to you, angels dispatched by Satan himself out of the heavenlies, down to the earth, to influence leaders of nations to wipe the Jew out. I submit to you the Palestinian covenant has 32 clauses in it. And they said, we want to eliminate the state of Israel, expel the Jew from this piece of the world. See the interesting connection on all that's been going on. Look at Daniel chapter 11, just a second. Daniel chapter 11. Whew, glory to God, I get excited. Daniel chapter 11. Now, Daniel chapter 11, one of the most prolific, prophetic passages of Scripture I've ever seen in my life. It, it, there's five, it starts with Ahasuerus, same king we've been looking at over in Esther. And it moves from Ahasuerus, that's who it's talking about there in the first couple of verses, to the next personality, Alexander the Great. You see, Ahasuerus is here in verses 1, 2, and 3. Uh, uh, verses 1 and 2, now look in verse 3. And a mighty king shall stand up that shall rule with great dominion and do according to his will. And then it describes who that king is. That could have been many kings, but at verse 4, and with, he shall stand up and his kingdom shall be broken and shall be divided toward the four winds of the heaven. In other words, his kingdom will be divided into four parts. And everybody who knows anything about secular history knows that is King Alexander the Great. And so from Ahasuerus, you go to Alexander the Great. And then it continues to unfold. By the way, 58 years before Ahasuerus came on the scene, Jesus gave the message to Daniel, pre-wrote the history. We don't have a narrative of this historic event. We have the pre-written history of what I'm talking to you about now. 58 years before Ahasuerus came on with absolute detail because it explains he's going to be the richest of, of uh, there'll be three kings and then he'll be the fourth and he'll be the richest. You know how much Ahasuerus owned? From India to Spain. That was the most of the known world at that time. And, and Daniel knew it 58 years before it happened. 200 years before Alexander Great came on the scene, he describes a mighty king will come to power. At 32 years of age, Alexander controlled the world. Died of syphilis in the city of Babylon. Another story, I can't tell you that one. And... There he becomes powerful and he dies at 32 years of age. His kingdom is divided into four parts. And then as you continue to read in verse 10, and I just, we don't have time, you study Daniel 11 later, but as you read history, secular history, and this word, you see they are absolutely in agreement. Angels and Prophecy is what we've been listening to. It was one portion of a five-part audio series on CD entitled Angels and Prophecy, and we were focusing in on how angels play a role with Jews in the last days. In fact, in the first coming of Jesus Christ, there was a lot of angelic activity. Well, when Jesus Christ comes the second time, angels will play a key role as well. 
Remember, I told you earlier that angels, that word, or its plural, is used more than any other word in the book of Revelation. If you'd like to have your copy, go to our website, www.prophecytoday.com, and you can make your order there, or you can call our toll-free number, 877-674-3298. Easy way to remember that is 8-PROPHECY-8, 877-674-3298. Make that call and order your copy of Angels and Prophecy. By the way, I am so thrilled that you're studying prophecy with us. Let me just continue to remind you that the next main event in God's calendar of activities is the rapture of the church. And you know what? That could happen even before I conclude this sentence. Well, having said that, nothing left for me to say except let's keep looking up until... 